0: What if the speed of light was 30 miles an hour? What if Earth had two suns? Which serial mascot would win in a what fight? What if everyone lived underground? What if it rained on trees? What if, money threw what if trees? pigs could
1: fly? I don't know if that would actually happen. It's much easier to store even a cycle than to store a
0: horse. Hello everybody and welcome to Absurd Hypotheticals, the show where we overthink dumb questions so you don't have to. I'm your host Marcus Laner, and I'm joined here today by Chris Yee and Ben Storms. Say hi, guys. Hey, I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Ben. Guys, ring that, what do they call the thing you ring before fights? Is that a specific name, that bell? Is it a the bell? fighting bell? I think it's just a bell. Ring the bell. Ding, ding, ding. ding it's ding, time ding, for ding, a ding. fight. So today we are determining once and for all, without a shadow of a doubt, which robot would win in a fight. So I'll explain kind of how we do these. So we each have selected our robot fighter from among fictional robots, among, I don't know, all of media. pop culture, <laughs> yeah, all, all of pop culture and media. We picked <laughs> the, we have each picked a fighter. Um, we'll introduce our fighter, kind of give a rundown of the of their you know fighting abilities, and then we're gonna kind of hypothetical it out and try to figure out who would win from there. And after we have our discussions, we'll basically establish what percentage how likely things will you know will happen, and through a series of Excel spreadsheet nonsense, we'll determine a kind of. Overall win percentage chance for each of these robot fighters, and then we will spin the wheel of final determination, and that will determine our actual robot winner the unequivocal best robot fighter in all the land. The
2: definitive
0: answer that no one can dispute because we spun a wheel. Wheels can't lie, it's facts. Yeah, they don't call it the wheel of lying, it's the wheel of fortune, and you're fortunate to know which (laughs) robot's going to be the best in just, you know, 30, 40 minutes or so. (laughs) Is our wheel called the wheel of fortune?
1: Uh, I think Marcus had the Wheel of Final Determination, which isn't quite as catchy, but you know what? We can roll with it. We won't get sued.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but why don't you um, start us off with your fun before I start naming more things?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good call. So I went with The Terminator. I want to I point out that we are going with The Terminator. Terminator can be kind of a generic. In the Terminator films, basically all of the hunter-killer robots built by Skynet are Terminators, which includes like tanks and aircraft and stuff as well because technically they all have little tiny robot brains in there doing stuff if you're not familiar with the terminator franchise the idea is there is this military ai called skynet that boots up decides that humans are a lost cause reasonably and basically starts nuclear war to kill off everyone and then it's basically just robot apocalypse with small pockets of human resistance but we're talking about, not talking about any of those generic Terminators. We're talking about the Terminator, the Arnold Schwarzenegger one, which is a technically a Series 800 model 101 Infiltrator. Um, so let's sort of break that down a little bit. Series 800, that means it is a T-800, which was Skynet's first Cyborg. So it had both organic and artificial st- systems. About 6'2", six 640 pounds or so, made out of hyper alloy, which is not a real thing. It's a real strong metal, and they don't go into any more details than that. <laughs> Uh, It's powered by a very small nuclear power cell that, for whatever reason, they put where a human heart would be. I don't... Skynet has made some design decisions we're going to go through because I have some questions. But anyway, little nuclear power cell provides all the power. Infiltrator. What that means, some of the Terminators that Skynet made were designed to infiltrate human resistance uh, cells. So they would take this terrifying metal robot endoskeleton... And put a living tissue skin sheath on it so it looked like a human. They would also frequently, they could either have their, their CPU be set to just read or be read-write. If they were read-write, they could actually like learn and sort of adapt better to human society. Which I think they, is how they justified having like a random Terminator that had just been living as a human for like 30 years in one of the newer Terminator movies. Once Arnold Schwarzenegger got older. Exactly, yeah. That one. It, yeah precisely
0: that's got to be a relic from the past when cds could only be cd write or cd rewrite like yeah right there is still like
1: there's a lot of stuff where you can tell that terminator 1 and 2 came out in the you know mid 80s and early 90s respectively which is pretty fun <laughs> <laughs> and the model 101 means that it looks like arnold schwarzenegger specifically actually in universe it does not look like arnold schwarzenegger it looks like dieter von rossbach who was a former CIA agent who is conveniently an Austrian naturalized U.S. citizen, much like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They should totally make a separate spin-off movie just based on that guy before Terminator. No. Okay. So this is the thing that I find hilarious. Apparently, and I believe it's in the newest one in, um, what was it? Dark Fate? Dark Fate, yeah. Is there in Dark Fate or Sarah Connor Chronicles? One of, the, one of the two of them. They actually meet the dude. He just shows up. He's just in there. He's like lives in the town that Sarah Connor is hiding in. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, yes. Wait, no. Is it actually Arnold Schwarzenegger? I can't remember. I don't know. No,
0: it's the other guy. Whatever what what Ben. Oh, no. Always. It's Dieter von Rossbach. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's Dieter. <laughs> it's Dieter. Come on. Keep up, Keep up, Chris. If it was Sarah
2: Connor Chronicles, it probably wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger, because I think that was a pretty low-budget show.
1: <laughs> I, could, I couldn't figure out when Dieter actually showed up, but I was just going through the Terminator wiki, and there's a whole page about him.
0: How many Terminator movies were there? Because in my head, there's like three.
2: Uh,
1: there have been six, I think.
2: Yeah, there's six movies and a show, a TV show.
1: Uh, Yeah, The Terminator, Terminator 2, Adjustment Day, Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, Terminator Salvation, Terminator Genesis, and Terminator Dark Fate. And then, yes, The Sarah Connor Chronicles. It may have also, I know there were comics, it could have been in one of the comics as well, where um, Dieter von Rosbach showed up. Ah, he's under novel-only characters, so he clearly was in a book. There we go. When did they introduce that character? (laughs) It,
2: was he in the original Terminator movie?
1: No. No, he definitely was not. Actually, in fact, I'm pretty sure it's a different guy they say that the Model 101 skin was based on in Terminator 3. Uh, okay. And then they retconned it? Yeah. Uh, William Candy uh, was um, some <laughs> U.S. Air Force guy. There's a hilarious picture of him I'm going to share in our chat, which is the help of the listeners, but just Google William Candy, you'll finally find it. It's a very broadly smiling Arnold Schwarzenegger. It looks very funny. <laughs>
0: It's not as funny as Ben's saying. (laughs) Okay, I found it very funny. Anyway, point being... It's just Arnold Schwarzenegger smiling.
1: (laughs) I I found it very funny that they they talked about how um, on the wiki page for Dieter von Rochbach, there's a direct quote that's like, He bore a strong resemblance to the Model 101 Terminator, but was never suspected or accused of its crimes during its rampages because superiors always knew that he was located somewhere else when that was happening. Because, yes, he was just a dude who looked exactly like the killing machine that I'm sure was in the news all the time twice in the eighties and nineties, which is a very fun thing to think about. And yeah, the, the way the reason that he looks like Dieter von Rossbach is that Skynet, this is the at least justification, you know, had databases of like government agents and things that they were able to use to reconstruct physical appearance for the infiltrators. But it's an important thing to note that there's not just one Terminator that looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger. There were many Model 101s that all look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is also very funny to me and we'll come back to because it's an interesting design decision as well. <laughs> but first, let's talk about the strengths of the, the T-800. One, it's incredibly durable. As I mentioned, it is made out of this weird, not actually real, hyper alloy that is basically impervious to small arms fire. Pretty much anything smaller like a 50 cal bullet just doesn't really do anything. A 50 cal bullet will penetrate the endoskeleton and like a really well placed one could destroy the power unit but that's about it. Does not feel pain but is aware of its injuries and can do some like minor self repair. There were times where it would like be in a car accident and could like reset his arm if it got damaged and things like that. Even if it's like broken to pieces, they can be like blown in half and still um keep crawling. <laughs> effectively you know away from its legs that happens in terminator one they like jam a pipe bomb into its chest and it blows in half and keeps crawling after him the only way that like in terminator one they actually kill it is just by basically catching it in a hydraulic press and just hydraulic pressing it until it gets crushed it's very durable they were designed for infiltration so they actually are stealthier than you might expect for a arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) um you know they look like a human can emulate a human voice after hearing a sample and aside from apparently there were some dogs the resistance could use that could smell i guess the metal i don't know they're basically indistinguishable from humans and then just very skilled with all conventional weaponry and also were usually deployed with a westinghouse m25 40 watt phase plasma pulse gun which is a plasma rifle i don't know they don't go into too many details it's a plasma gun you get the idea it's like a laser gun but cooler because it says plasma in terms of weaknesses, the biggest one is that the machines are kind of stupid a lot of the time, which let's let's bring up their Arnold Schwarzenegger lookalike thing. So you're designing these to infiltrate humanity, right? And like learn about what they're doing and kill them. Why would you make a bunch of them that all look exactly the same? <laughs> yeah, Lyndall
2: Hamilton or Sarah Connor like immediately recognizes him as a Terminator. Right,
1: exactly. It's like, oh, <laughs> hey, you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who, by the way, not exactly the most, you know. <laughs> Nondescript person.
0: <laughs> well, maybe they thought there were a lot of him because there was just a lot, there was just a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger posters floating around at that time. Apparently, this guy's everywhere. It's perfect.
1: <laughs> the other thing. In terms of Skynet slash the machines being kind of stupid, their first attempt at infiltrators was not using living tissue. They basically just put a rubber suit on an endoskeleton, which unsurprisingly
0: did not work at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really have much to say about that aside from that was a really stupid idea, Skynet, you should be ashamed of yourself.
0: I prefer the term skin sheath that you used before.
1: <laughs> yeah, skin sheath is a good one. And then also in terms of like when they were hunting down Sarah Connor, so They send him down, he knows her name, and that she's somewhere in L.A. So he literally just grabs a phone book and starts going through the phone book, killing anyone named Sarah Connor. Including, like, I'm pretty sure a young girl. Like, they had no information aside from, Sarah Connor is somewhere in this city at this time, so just get killing. Which isn't exactly the most, like... I mean, that's a good plan. There can only be so many. It's, it's, you know, this is what we refer to as a breadth-first search, which... He is eventually effective, but maybe not the most effective way to go about things. But just generally, it is a robot and it is, you know, very much robotic. It has a task and it tries to do that task in a methodical fashion. Eventually, because they had that read write mode, if it were around for long enough, if we were saying this was like an established Terminator who had been living in society, it would be a little more, you know, intelligent. But they kind of just have a task and they try to do that task. In a relatively straightforward manner, which is easy because they're a six foot two, six hundred forty pound killing robot. So it's not a bad strategy. It's just not the smartest strategy. But that's you know that's that's the Terminator, right? It's a killing robot. It kills. That's good for a fight. It's not a bad thing for a fight. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is definitely <laughs> it is definitely a good baseline to try and have to cross.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot who we said we're gonna go next. Uh, I was gonna go next. Chris, what'd you do? So my robot fighter is Astro Boy. If you don't know who Astro Boy is, it's a little robot boy that's like, he's been in like mangas and animes and stuff. He's a pretty like classic character. But um, Astro Boy was created by Osamu Tezuka in 1952. And he was actually originally called Mighty Adam. And it started as a manga and eventually it turned into an anime and it got so popular that... They sold the rights to the U.S. to air episodes in the U.S. Um, They didn't sell the rights to the U.S. government. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The The U.S. government
0: owns Astro Boy now.
2: But in the process of selling the rights to air in the U.S., they changed the name to Astro Boy. Mighty Adam
1: is a much better name, in my opinion, personally.
2: Yeah, Mighty Adam is a pretty good name, but it didn't stick. Astro Boy became way more popular. And in researching Astro Boy, I actually is a lot of like I had a lot of difficult time doing it because there's so much different stuff to watch and consume like there's the original manga which is 23 volumes there is a 1963 anime which is 193 episodes which actually considered like the first official anime ever like it basically established what anime is which I thought was pretty cool in 1964 they had a tie-in movie to that show In 1980, they had another anime that was 52 episodes. In 1987, there was a 20-issue American comic book series. In 2003, there was a 50-episode anime. And then in 2009, there was a 3D animated movie. So I did not watch all of that because that is a lot. What? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I watched like seven or eight episodes of various... like. The three shows, like random episodes of those.
0: But Chris, you had all week. I had like two days. (laughs) Yeah, we had two days for this one. (laughs) Kind of a big ass. You had like two whole days. Why didn't you watch it all?
2: (laughs) So I watched the seven or eight episodes and I also watched the 2009 3D animated movie, which I regret watching now because it wasn't that great. And I really didn't use that much of it. So, (laughs) oh, and it was the longest of all of them because it was a movie. So. Of the show, I watch, I tried to watch, like, the first episode of each show, the three shows, just to see, like, their take on his origin. For the most part, they're pretty much the same, all three of them, like, in terms of how he was born. So his origin story is basically he's a boy named, I guess, in the original show, his Japanese name was Tobio. But in the American version, they changed it to Aster Boynton. <laughs> I guess... They wanted the pun. That's...
1: uh, Does that even count as a pun? Like,
2: that's... (laughs) I don't know. It just... It sounds like Astro Boy. (laughs) Yeah, I... hmm. And then, like, in the the later shows, I think they just changed his name to Toby. But he is in a car crash, and he dies. And his dad, Dr. Tenma, is, like, grief-ridden, and he decides to... He's actually the head of the Ministry of Science, and he decides to rebuild his son as a robot. And for some reason, he gives his... Like, he's successful, and for some reason, he gives his son a bunch of weapons. I don't really know why. (laughs) He never wants him to die again. (laughs) Well, in the 2009 movie, they explain it because he doesn't die in a car crash. He dies like a robot kills him. And then he says, like, oh, I gave him all these weapons so he can defend himself, and it won't happen again. But in the shows, he dies in a car crash, and they just don't explain it.
1: I I love the idea that the only way that the father could do this is with a large government grant that involved like turning into a military application. That's my headcanon. I'm going to stick with it. I mean, pretty much
2: like it is government funded, I think, but they don't, I think like in the final stages of building him, they like tell him to shut it down and then he defies them and builds it anyway. And that's how that happened. But yeah, so Astro Boy, his thing is he fights evil and he protects humanity using his weapons and such so i also watched the last episode of the first and second show i couldn't find the last episode of the third show but i just wanted to see like how they ended the last episode of the first show is ends kind of interestingly so i guess the theme of the episode is global warming they like global warming is a thing and the humans have to leave earth so they like they just take off into space in rockets, and all the robots stay on Earth. And Astro actually becomes the president of Earth, dealing with all the Earth issues with global warming and stuff. And he solves—he temporarily solves it by throwing like a a dry ice bomb into the ocean. <laughs> that temporarily solves it, but then it, <laughs> it kind of comes back again. And eventually, at the end of the episode, he ends up solving it by flying this device into the sun. And he sacrifices himself by flying into the sun. And that's how he dies.
0: Weaknesses. The sun. sun. <laughs> the sun. <laughs> not sunlight, not like a vampire, just <laughs> the sun. Yeah. Nuclear fusion weakness.
2: The last episode of the second show is actually pretty dark, I think. I don't think they actually planned on this being the last episode because it wasn't really that conclusive in terms of like the whole series. But... He basically goes on a mission to steal the plans of a prototype of a robot that has, like, a bomb built into it. And he tries to steal the plans before they can actually build it. So he, like, sneaks into this base. And in his mission, he finds this girl robot named Nikki. And they become friends. And she helps him infiltrate the base. And it turns out that she is the prototype robot that has the bomb. And the scientist that built her activates the bomb. So it's like on a countdown. But then Astro, I guess, foils the scientist's getaway. So he's like stuck there with the bomb as well. And he convinces him to disarm the bomb. But in order to do that, he has to disassemble Nikki in front of Astro, who has fallen in love with Nikki. And you see like this little girl robot get taken apart in front of him. And it's actually pretty creepy. (laughs) And it ends with Astro... So that's successful, and the arm the bomb is disarmed. But it ends with Astro. He ends up saving
0: her legs, and
2: he replaces his own legs with hers for some reason.
0: <laughs> it's also where the the song lyric "Nikki, you so fine, you blow my mind" came from. <laughs>
2: sure. So those are like some just some story things about Astro. Like a lot of stuff happens to him. I didn't really watch a lot of it. I just saw the origin story in the end. But. um to get to his powers which is the more important part for this fight so he has rocket feet that allow him to fly so he can fly over the place he has finger guns so like he can shoot lasers or bullets out of his fingers they kind of they interchange between bullets and lasers i think i don't know i guess he can fire both he has a laser cannon arm in the 2003 show so I don't think he has this in the first show or the second show. He only has it in the third show. So I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have it in this fight. Maybe he does. I don't know.
0: Pick one. Does he have his laser cannon arm or does he I have
2: a... I'm going to say no. Okay. But if he did have this laser cannon, apparently he can create a laser tornado with it. So...
1: <laughs> well, those words... Those words are confusing together.
2: <laughs> yeah. Which I guess he uses as a shield is what the wiki said. He uses a laser tornado as a shield.
1: Well, that makes even less sense, <laughs> <laughs>
2: but it doesn't really matter. because I'm not going to use it. Um, he's incredibly smart. He's fire resistant because he's been shown to like fly directly into fires to rescue people from fires. He can dig really fast, which he's used in fights to like if his opponent is standing on ground then he would dig under them and then the ground would cave in under them. So he's he's done that. He has hypersensitive hearing, so he can hear up to a thousand times what a normal person could hear. He has butt machine guns, so he has two machine, like, he has a machine gun on each of his butt cheeks.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, a father's love. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I guess he can use it to defend against attacks from behind, is the purpose of that. And that can also, I guess, shoot, it interchanges between lasers and bullets.
0: Maybe maybe they were supposed to be, like, the boob machine guns from, like, the Austin Powers, but, like, when he was building, he's like, oh, wait, no, I'm building a boy robot. Dang it. All right, we'll, we'll put these back here. Well, then. <laughs> this is before Austin Powers. Well, not in my head canon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then he's really strong. That's, like, a big thing of him. He's strong. It is the weird thing where, like, it's in an old cartoons, so they're not really consistent in showing what he can lift and what he can't and, like, what he struggles with. But they do give a number to it. So they say that his strength is equal to a hundred thousand horsepower. And then in one of them, like there's one thing, I forget if it was like a in the manga or in a show, like an episode of the show, they upgraded to a million horsepower. But I think more consistently it is a hundred thousand horsepower. And you give some context to that, an average car has around two hundred horsepower. And with a hundred thousand horsepower, he would be able to lift two
0: blue whales at the
2: same time, hundred feet high in one second.
0: It's not bad. You think they did the math on the blue whale thing or they just <laughs> just made they're just like, this is how strong he is.
2: I mean they gave the hundred thousand horsepower thing and then I looked up what horsepower is. <laughs> <laughs> oh you did the math on the blue yeah, whale. Yeah I thing. did the blue math thing. The blue whale thing. The blue math <laughs> <laughs> So he has a good amount of fight experience. He primarily fights other robots and they're usually like big robots or like kaiju size robots. But sometimes he fights smaller robots too. And sometimes he fights monsters. And he isn't really pre-programmed to do anything. He has free will and he can basically do whatever he wants. And he's usually pretty playful. That's his personality. He has a similar personality, I would say, to like Aang from The Last Airbender. Where like he's playful and he likes to have fun. But then if he has to fight, then he can fight. And he's not really afraid to fight. Some of his weaknesses, I guess he's weak to like... Magnets and magnetic fields, because, like, in that episode with the girl robot, I guess there was a magnetic wall that he couldn't pass or something. So he's affected by magnets. He's also been shot with, like, cartoon energy guns that weaken him. And it's, like, ambiguous what those guns actually are, but it's cartoon energy guns. He does tend to get tired sometimes if he, like, exerts himself for a long amount of time, I guess. But that's like sort of ambiguous how much time that is or like how fast he gets tired. And then he is overly nice. So he tries to be friends first. And then if friendship doesn't succeed, then he fights. So like he probably won't be as aggressive as you guys. But he is afraid. He is uh, willing to fight. And he like tries to defend people and himself. He's not afraid to defend himself. So that is Astro Boy fighter number two. Marcus, what did you do?
0: All right, well, you guys failed to pick the self-declared absolute best robot ever, Mr. Bender Bending Rodriguez, a.k.a. Bending Unit Number 22. For those of you who don't know Bender, first off, watch the entirety of Futurama. You'll thank me for it later. The show is the best. But if you don't have time to do that between now and the rest of this episode, Bender is basically a humanoid robot built around the year 3000, designed to work in a factory to bend steel beams into different angles. Um, specifically in Bender's case, it was beams for suicide booths that populate the city of future New New York. Personality-wise, generally, he's just like a drunk, arrogant jerk, um, but most of that's him just trying to act cool. Uh, he has an extensive criminal rap sheet, and pretty much most every vice you can think of—drugs, alcohol, porn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera is kind of his shtick. But yeah, is not exactly a fighty show, but Bender does have some, some good abilities. First ability, bending! He's specifically very, very good at bending things. He even bent a giant girder specifically noted as unbendable. It, it had the word unbendable on it, and he was able to bend that. Ooh, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> he has shown some this to be incredibly weak, you know, for a robot when he's doing something that's not technically bending. Like, there was, like, a small grate that he couldn't pull off, and he's like, oh, man, I can't get this off. But then when he realized he could bend the bars, like, he could just, just demolish the whole thing. <laughs> It doesn't come up that often. He, he, he does, you know, strong robot stuff, but there's like one episode in particular where it was like, this isn't technically bending. I can't really <laughs> do much about it. He's also very good at stealing. It's not like a specific ability, but he's a pretty experienced pickpocket, if that ever ends up coming up. His arms and his legs do stretch. They're like extendy arms and legs. Um, I couldn't find out exactly how far his maximum is, but it seemed to be like pretty commonly between like 10 to 15 feet at most. Durability. He gets shot and dismembered and damaged quite a bit, and generally seems to be able to survive just fine. Similar to the Terminator, if he loses like a limb or a body part, he can like remote control them from his head to like either reassemble or like have them do something independently. Like if you lop his arm off, the arm can crawl around on its own or just, you know, go back and, you know, connect back to the body. He's made out of some pretty durable stuff, assumedly. Probably the most extreme example is that he, like, dived into an actual, like, lava pool to go save Fry's dog um, and came out of that so he could survive, like, being submerged in lava for a bit. But according to, you know, Bender himself on various occasions, he is made up of 40% zinc, 40% titanium, 30% iron, 40% dolomite, 40% horseshoes, 40% chromium, 60% storage space, 40% scrap metal, 40% wire, 40% empty... 0.04% 0.04% nickel impurity, and 40% lead, um, if you believe a certain video game he's in. You may notice that it's not up to 100% at all, <laughs> so I don't actually know what Ben is made up of. He just continuously declares he made up of 40% of different things.
1: I really appreciate that that included both 60% storage space and 40% empty space.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. He's, he's really
1: nothing. Empty space. You can't store anything in the empty space. It's empty space. You can't. That's true. It's empty. Yeah. If you were storing things, it would not be empty.
0: But, you know, speaking of him, he does have a chest cavity. He has a drawer on the front of his chest. It's it's a bit TARDIS-ish in that it seems to hold more than it should, but I'm going to chalk that up to more cartoony things rather than, like, give him some crazy, like, bag of holding powers. It is a pretty strong cavity. Like, he's been able to contain bomb explosions within himself. Actually, on multiple occasions. It does, he does, like, two or three times over the course of the show where he puts a bomb inside his um, chest cavity and explodes. And he doesn't come out great, but he does survive each time. His eyes can telescope out to, like, zoom in on things. He can turn his feet into roller skates. He can burp fire, usually immediately after drinking out, you know, a beer or something. He can shit bricks, like, literally. (laughs) And I didn't realize this was, like, actually, like, a recurring gag in the show. But when he's surprised, he literally, like, shit a a physical brick. And it's (laughs) happened, like, seven or eight times of it over the course of the show. So that is a straight-up power. It's on my list. (laughs) And, of course, the most important, he's got a shiny metal ass. (laughs) As per his catchphrase.
2: That he would like you to bite.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, he, he has some weaknesses. Um, sobriety. He he runs on alcohol fuel. So if he does not drink, he be- actually becomes like drunk slash hungover. So he'll get five o'clock rust shadow and, and act drunk if he's not drinking. But he can also get drunk. So he kind of just can be on either side of the scale. He's also weak to magnets. He doesn't stop functioning. But it removes his inhibitions, and he starts kind of living in his desire to become a folk singer, if you put magnets near his head. And he has one last weakness that he has solved, but it's still kind of an inconvenience for him. For a while, he could not get up off his back if he fell exactly backwards, kind of like a turtle. But then there was an episode where he fell on his back, and he was about to die. And a turtle that also had fallen on his back right next to him showed him how to roll over onto (laughs) his front. So he can get back up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it does take him a minute if he falls exactly behind his back and not slightly on his side. P-Drama <laughs> is great. P-Drama is P-Drama is an amazing show. Just go watch it. But yeah, I mean, his main stuff is that he's got these extended arms and legs and that he's really quite strong. Like, I don't know sure how many horsepowers it is because I don't have a number for that, but uh, he could definitely bend you up. And that is, um, that is Bender. So those are our three fighters. Those are three fighters. Are Competition will be happening, as it always does, in Central Park of New York. is our go-to battlegrounds for all things fighting. So the way I kind of like to start this is, who do we think would end up pairing off first?
2: I feel like it will probably be... Well, it depends on who the Terminator... Like, what's his goal? Right. Because he needs to terminate someone.
0: Yeah, you're definitely the most (laughs) mission-driven. You're the most programmed. right. At least prone to uh, hesitancy.
1: Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate because in theory he could stay back, but also if he's assigned to kill one of you, he's just going to try to do that. So the whole hiding in plain sight thing doesn't really come into play as much as I kind of hoped it would.
2: Yeah, how do we decide who he's assigned to kill?
1: <laughs> it could be a coin flip.
2: Which one of us is most like Sarah O'Connor? Um, probably me, probably. Astro
1: Boy is partially human, <laughs> kind of. Vaguely. No, he's not. He's he's fully robot. Oh. Well (laughs) Man. His dad didn't do a great job, huh? right Um
0: I mean I guess he has human personality. Okay, so let's start with Ben and Chris. Let's say you guys are slightly more likely to square off vis a vis. Yeah,
2: I guess because like the Terminator is more villainous and I'm more heroic, and then Bender's kind of just neutral.
0: And Bender's probably the most prone to just like enjoy the show
2: yeah this
1: is also very very true yeah (laughs) all right so let's go let's go with that that does seem the most likely so you have you have like laser slash i'm guessing the bullet stuff probably isn't going to do much because i'm guessing it's probably smaller yeah i don't know the laser stuff like how strong it is against you it's kind of hard to judge i know that the t800s are supposed to be let's see vulnerable to most plasma weaponry was at least partially resistant to the weaker plasma weapons used by the hk flying mini hunters so there's going to be some effect definitely from the laser okay it might not
2: like destroy you but it might do damage
1: yeah it'll probably do damage definitely
2: okay i feel like all three of us are going to have the same robot weaknesses like we're all weak to magnets uh, I don't know about Terminator. I don't know about Terminator either. I mean, they've used magnets on Terminators before. I think it doesn't really, aff- like, it pulls them to the magnet. It doesn't really affect their brain, I guess, or their chip.
1: Yeah, it doesn't, like, affect their brain, but I think they do. don't know, I'm, like, trying to Google on this. But it, like, incapacitates them.
2: They've definitely used magnets in the movies before. I
0: mean, before we go too deep on magnets, do any of us have magnets? I think all of us would avoid magnets. <laughs>
1: So, okay, so magnets don't matter. All right, we figured that out. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so Astro Boy can fly, so he's a lot more mobile than you, like agile.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. The Terminator is not, like, it can run and bursts of speed, but that's kind of it. It can burst up to, like, 22 miles per hour, that's the same. I think your path to beating
2: Astro Boy is tiring him out, or, like tricking him or something because he he'll try to be your friend first or if he overexerts himself then he'll tear himself out
1: hmm tricking him is maybe not the terminator's forte. <laughs> that's probably more a bender thing <laughs> probably more a bender thing oh my god yeah bender has one heck of an advantage there now that i think about that <laughs> i mean yeah he's basically just gonna walk up to him and shoot him so i guess he'll get the first shot <laughs> in how he's been shown to take bullet
2: shots like usually when a gun weakens him it's like an energy thing
1: so my assumption is that it would have that plasma rifle because that's what they would be like deployed with
2: okay yeah yeah that would probably do a little some damage to him
1: so the question is is getting like the first shot in enough to give any kind of real advantage because i feel like in in a straight-up fight after a boy is going to be stronger just because of the mobility and and whatnot and the 100,000 horsepower (laughs) also the 100,000 horsepower So I guess that's the real question. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Here's here's another question. Does Afterboy ever fight humans? I don't think he does.
2: He fights monsters and he fights like he's fought human sized robots before. I don't think he's ever fought humans. I mean, I could be wrong because there are like 295 episodes and I didn't watch a lot of them.
1: (laughs) I'm I'm guessing there's not, like, he's not able to, because I, I feel like that's more of, like, a, you know, Isaac Asimov kind of thing, but...
2: Well, so there is a theme in the show, is that there are robot rules, and one of the robot rules is that you can't harm a human, but I think Astro Boy is supposed to be different than normal robots. Okay. So he actually has free will and stuff, and I actually didn't mention, but his nemesis is Atlas, who is supposed to be, like, the opposite version of, like, the evil version of him, basically, and Atlas doesn't like humans and doesn't have to follow that rule of not hurting humans.
1: Got it. Okay. So there's not... So like, he probably would be reluctant to harm something that looks like a human, but it wouldn't... Right. He would never... He'd never try to hurt a human. Right. But like, it's more... It's more. It's not like he would see the Terminator in a skin sheath and think it was a human and not be able to hurt it. I don't think that would happen. Oh, no.
2: I don't think that would happen. Yeah. Um, He might be reluctant to hurt him if he does think it's human at first, but...
1: I think the question is really, like, how long would it be until Astro Boy starts fighting back?
2: He actually, in the, in the uh, 2009 movie, he does have x-ray vision, but I don't think he has that in the, in the animes, as far as I know. So, I'm not going to give him that. So, I think he would be fooled by the human thing for at least a little bit. Got it.
0: Okay. I guess, what's the straight firefight? Like, the straight firefight, say, the initial event, like, ignore the initial event for a second. Straight firefight, what do we think the odds are here?
2: So if both of them are all out in fight mode?
0: Yeah, like the initial shots have gone by. Now you guys are like across the field, you know, shooting at each other with your plasma slash laser slash laser tornado shields going around. I think it's pretty definitively Astro Boy then.
1: Yeah, I I was going to say 80 to 90% Astro Boy in that situation.
2: Yeah, we can say like 85 Astro Boy. 85. Yeah,
0: I think that's fair. So 85 Astro Boy. And now we just skew that 85 down a bit for what we think the impact of astro boy's naivety on it right
1: maybe like 65 70 70
2: 30 probably i'm okay with 70 i think yeah 70
1: sure that's fair yeah because i don't i don't think it's like a strong chance that you know it's basically can the terminator disable astro boy to the point where he can't be at full strength for a fight before astro boy like
0: yeah it's realistic too like in a firefight that you know just whoever gets the first couple shot like whoever gets the first good shot in right yeah
2: yeah and terminator has a higher chance of getting the first shot in
0: yeah
1: exactly i think what is i think terminator's chance of getting the first shot in is very high it's just that i don't i'm not super confident in that first shot being enough to like or first salvo even being enough to like disable astro boy yeah but I think 70% is, is probably pretty good for Astro Boy's chance of one-on-one versus Terminator.
0: All right. So now, assuming Chris defeats Ben, so Terminator is out for the count. Now it's Bender and Astro Boy left after that.
2: Now, will Astro Boy try to befriend Bender? I do think he will, because like, he does try to be friends with other robots usually, too, not just humans.
0: Yeah, the thing is, Bender's 100% absolutely going to exploit Astro Boy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> He's well-practiced at um, taking off the naivety and, uh, you know, getting the cheap, the cheap shot in after that. Do you have a
2: killing... I mean, I guess your killing blow is somehow bending me.
0: Right, yeah, yeah it, it is. That's it. <laughs> and by somehow, like, in half.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think your chances of fooling Astro Boy are actually pretty high.
0: Yeah, no, I think, like I think I'm advantaged by, like, a margin. I'm trying to figure out how much like what does that get you though how much does that help
1: you like actually stop astro boy
0: well if i just grab astro boy and bend him in half i mean it's like (laughs) if your initial shot or whatever you
2: try to do doesn't work then you're screwed
0: (laughs) yeah yeah once once i am an enemy to you i'm at a severe disadvantage There's, there's still some tricks like you know maybe if i'm in pieces like one of my like one of my arms or something could like do something but yeah after that Once I am done out, I mean, I just have, yeah, not a lot. I
2: mean, I think once Astro Boy figures you out, then you have basically like a 5% chance of winning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not a lot. But let's just leave it as to simplify things. What's the odds Astro Boy figures out Bender and that Bender's or what's the odds that Bender's initial attack fails is, I guess, the question.
2: So what is his usual because he does trick people on the on Futurama? Like, what's his success rate? Do you think?
0: He's pretty good at it. Yeah, especially like, I mean, he fools Fry all the time. He scams everybody. Well, Fry isn't the smartest person in the world. (laughs) Well, is Astro Boy? (laughs) Uh, Astro Boy actually is pretty
1: smart. But he is naive, right? Like hes He is naive, though. Yeah. I think Astro
0: Boy is very foolable. I would agree. Yeah, I want to say it's like, I think it's pretty close once Astro Boy's already been fighting. Like he's already kind of in fight mode. I kind of want to do like 55-45 for Bender, after you fought ben but the percentage would be higher like if we're the first two to interact
2: yeah i agree with that i don't know how you're going to do that in the calcs but i agree with that yeah i got it don't worry he's going to average them or something
0: the basically way i do it is i have like the three paths of who fights first and then whoever wins that fight down a bracket and then i multiply all the numbers together so they add up to one
2: okay so they do have two separate branches that you can input
0: yes don't worry about the math yes and our <laughs> high-tech
1: simulation known as microsoft excel uh Google Google sheets, my sheets. Boys.
0: <laughs> so you said fifty five forty five and then what's the other one? In bender's favor after you've defeated the Terminator, and that will do if the Terminator defeats Astro Boy. this one's pretty straightforward, I think. I think this one's like eighty five fifteen, like ninety ten yeah like, like ninety ten
1: it's yeah. a it's a pretty pretty clean sweep, I think.
2: <laughs> You're not going to fool the Terminator. yeah The Terminator,
1: <laughs> I think is pretty much incapable of being fooled. <laughs>
0: like that's yeah. Yeah, my, my 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 range weapon is shitting a brick and throwing it at you. <laughs> Although he does, have a, he does have a laser cannon in like one episode, but I left that off my list. Yeah, that's fair. All right. So that's those scenarios. Now we have Bender and Astro Boy face off.
2: So I think in this case, you probably have like, I would say like an 85% chance of fooling me.
0: Yeah. And then like, let's take maybe five off for like a, a chance my initial bending does fails, maybe. Yeah. So it's like eighty, eighty, twenty, maybe. Sure. Yeah, that seems fair. So now we have we have me. I just bent Astro Boy in half. Then what's left? Oh man! It's left, then what's left is me and Ben again.
2: I think you still lose. I don't think you have a chance of winning overall because <laughs> you always have to fight Ben, and he's it's basically the same I think as before.
0: Yeah, and then Chris Ben is is gotta be. Uh, well, actually, I think Ben's is gonna be a bit. I think it's more. It's probably like closer to Chris's after after you see
2: yeah after i see if astro boy is not the first person to fight then he'll see that both of you are evil and
0: right yeah yeah this is a scenario this is a scenario where astro boy defeats bender and then terminators left
2: yeah i think that's pretty much the same
0: yeah Yeah, that's gonna be i'm gonna leave that the same as as the i don't think
1: there's any real difference there because i think it's not like astro boy would be in like kill mode and just immediately but then the
2: scenario where Bender and Terminator are fighting the first time and ben, uh, Astro Boy's just sitting back and watching, I think he wins in both cases because he'll see that both of you are evil.
1: So I would say that Bender could play off killing the Terminator as self-defense. I, I think it's Astro Boy's guard be up a little bit more, but I think it's still... Oh,
0: actually, I do. That is actually a good point because Astro Boy is now attacking this robot. Bender could definitely play the victim. He could play the victim or he could be
2: like, oh, I was, I'm another robot hero. We can team up.
1: Right. Yeah. Both of those were very in Bender's character. So,
0: yeah. So, well, not that this is a likely scenario, but if I'm able to defeat the Terminator, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I have a very good chance. I, I'm going to give it 90-10 against, uh, against Astro Yeah. there on the 10% chance <laughs> that I, I, I get there. <laughs>
1: that Bender bending Rodriguez defeats a T-800. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: God, every time you say T-800, I'm like, man, Texas Instruments has come a long way from <laughs> it, is, it
1: is, yeah. That is a fun alternate universe Terminator timeline, isn't it? <laughs> Where... <laughs> the, the TI-83. Yeah, Skynet was accurate to Texas Instruments, like, their attempt to make, like, a web app. All
0: right. So now the next one's going to be um, after uh, the Terminator destroys Bender. It's Astro Boy versus Terminator. So it was thirty seventy in Astro Boy's favor before. It's got to be a little more...
1: More towards Astro Boy. Yeah, I think it's at least... I'd say like eighty-five, fifteen at that point, because he's just in full-on, you know. I mean, that's what we
2: said before you were able to fool me.
1: Right, that's what we said for just all-out kill mode, yeah. All right, time to crunch those numbers.
0: Yep, oh, and the last... Yeah, I'll crunch the numbers, and then we'll we'll spin the wheel, which I guess will be the next thing that happens in this episode. So, tallying results, everybody! beep boop bop.
1: doo doo Doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo.
0: Okay, guys, this is a tight one. I've done up the odds here. With the least chance to win on the spinning wheel of Final Determination. It is Bender, unsurprisingly, but not by that much. Bender has a 28.3% chance of success here. Wow. Next up is The Terminator at 34.5%. And Astro Boy does have the highest chance of winning at 37.2, but really it's anybody's game. Man, we really just need Astro Boy to be more jaded, and then it's a clean sweep, but... Yeah, I really only have, like, one fight that I'm ultimately favored against, which is against Astro Boy, but it is the most likely scenario that, first off, Astro Boy and Terminator face off, and that Astro Boy wins, and that puts me in the best spot. Right,
1: yeah. Fun little rock, paper, scissors we got here. Yeah, this is, like, the most rock, paper, scissors we've had. Yeah. Alright, time to pull the wheel up?
2: Yep, I'll pull the wheel up, and this time, we haven't done this in the past, but I'm actually gonna try recording this, and if you wanna watch the wheel spin, go to YouTube, and we'll have, you can watch the video version of this episode and watch it with us. <laughs>
0: if you de- if you desperately need to watch the to go back in time and get relive that suspense. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also a good excuse to go to our YouTube channel and subscribe and um, like, uh, uh, comment, subscribe, like, comment, subscribe. Is that what the YouTubers say nowadays? Ring
1: ring the bell. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, do all that.
0: Smash that bell. That's the the fight bell. Oh, this is wonderful. Oh God, there's pictures of them on there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's
2: the wheel with our fighters. We got the Terminator, Bender, and Astro Boy. I think the spinner, like this little arrow on top is where it's pointing to, so whoever's on top wins.
1: Oh, got it. Okay, here we go. Oh! oh,
2: oh Terminator. Oh, it's the Terminator. Terminator is almost so Bender. close to Bender. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That was really close. Uh, okay, Ben, how do you win? Yep,
0: yeah, Ben, explain, describe your ultimate victory. This is how it actually happens.
1: So there is a crackling in Central Park as a ball of energy forms. I never talked about the "air coming back in time and how they do all that, but it comes back in time. You get the idea. Ball of energy forms, there's a flash of light, and then suddenly there is a naked Arnold Schwarzenegger with a plasma rifle. I'm going to say he like, Kills a hot dog guy and takes his clothes just so we don't have naked Arnold Schwarzenegger for all of this just to spare people that. Good call. Good call. But now I have naked hot dog guy. (laughs) He's dead,
2: it's fine. Don't worry about it. He killed the hot dog guy. He did not take his clothes. He just killed him. Yeah. Just kill him. (laughs) Just no
1: reason. Yeah. We had the fun uh first person shot where you see Target acquired Astro Boy, a little picture of him, little vital signs. It notes his little butt cannons and things. So the terminator is prepared. And I think, you know, there's no stealth involved, really. Terminator just walks calmly forward. Astro Boy starts, you know, Hey, friend, how's it going? You know, I don't <laughs> know how Astro Boy sounds, but that's probably close enough. And the Terminator just walks straight up and just shoots him in the face. And Astro Boy goes, oh, that wasn't very nice. And they shoots him again. I think that's kind of it. Because otherwise, if anything else happens, Terminator probably loses this fight. So yep, we're going to say that just that does it. And I think that Bender does. I do get to have my fun moment where Bender sees this and says, Oh, hey, fellow Terminator. It's me, Bender, the T 150. <laughs> and starts, you know, he starts like humming the theme song. He's, you know, you know, dun, 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 dun. He's, you know, trying to really, really play it off. But unfortunately, what Bender doesn't realize is that Terminator actually had two targets, and one of them was Bender bending Rodriguez. And he just calmly levels his plasma rifle and just blows him away. And I don't think there's that much of a, a conflict in that one. I guess that is pretty much how it would go. <laughs>
2: So the Terminator is pretty straightforward with his mission.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of all, all a day's work, you know. Not the most exciting one, but you know what are you gonna <laughs> do? That's how that's how Terminators do it. They terminate.
0: All right, and with that, the ultimate victor declared. Congratulations, Terminator. We are going to move on to our Would You Rather question for the day. All right, Ben. Since you are the winner, I'll start with you. Are you ready for a Would You Rather? Sure, I am. Would you rather? Never be able to use a knife again, or never be able to use a spoon again.
1: Oh, ooh,
2: that's interesting.
0: Okay, this is a very important question. Does
1: this... Okay, then. (laughs) The question is, does this apply to, like, cooking implements as well? And if that's the case, I'm assuming that, like, all spoons, ladles, etc. are included in spoons.
0: Yeah, yes, I already said yes. Yes, okay.
1: I mean, that's the correct answer (laughs) then, so... Oh, man, that's actually makes things really hard. In terms of eating, I feel like I would much rather be able to use a knife than be able to use a spoon because other than like soup, you can get by pretty well without a spoon for most things. And I'm not a huge like I like soup, but it's not like I gotta have it for me so I could deal. Yeah, I mean, I think there are less
2: things you need a spoon for, but when you do need a spoon, there isn't really any substitute.
0: Yeah, the the side of a fork is a workable substitution for a knife in most cases. Right, and that's where, if
1: it didn't involve cooking, I think I'd be fine with giving up knives. But, cooking without knives is going to be really hard, and I think a lot harder than cooking without spoons.
2: That is true.
1: Because you can use, like, like a rubber spatula for a lot of the things you can, aside from, like, cooking a soup or something and serving it afterwards, you can use like, a rubber spatula for most of the stuff you use a spoon for.
2: Or you can just, like, pour... Without a spoon. Right,
1: or just pour, you know, there's, yeah. So it's annoying, but I feel like there's a lot of things you need a knife for more so than a spoon. in cooking.
2: In cooking, I think that's true. And eating, like, you could use a side of a fork or you could just,
1: like, bite it. Yeah, there, there's things like steak would be hard. Yeah. Well, I've eaten a steak with my bare hands before. You don't need any utensils. I mean, yes, it's workable, but
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not ideal. This is actually pretty tough. What are you guys thinking? I'm a little bit in line with what you're saying Ben in that like the cooking aspect of it. I'm basically trying to determine if I can get away without a knife on cooking prep because you can get like those like chopper things like you know you can have Oh like 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 the slap chop. Yeah, you can get away with the slap chop.
2: <laughs> Does that count doesn't that have knife like blades in it?
1: Uh, I mean if we go down that I wouldn't road call it a knife. That gets complicated. Like are we saying like scissors or knives
0: too? Like Oh scissors actually. You can actually do a lot of prep with scissors that you wouldn't, like, think to do with scissors. You
1: can. That's true. You can, you know, like,
0: herbs and things, you can definitely cut with scissors. You can cut, like, probably cut, like, a carrot with scissors. I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking a carrot. Like, <laughs> you, you can actually just, like, do that with a pair of scissors. I mean, there's a lot of classics that are going to be tough, like a potato. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, you know, you don't need that much spoon. Like, spoons are good for, like...
1: Spoons you Spoons are good with for tasting. And taste with.
0: But otherwise, it's not... Spoons are good for tasting. Spoons are good for stirring i guess you could you could have a spatula right or something yeah instead especially yeah, you can do the stirring with so uh, that one's fine but ah uh, man I, I feel like a knife is more of a place repli- like i feel like once if i was in it i feel like i would find easier ways to get away without a knife
1: what about knives in a non-food scenario like can you use like an exacto knife for
0: oh no 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 box cutter no knives. oh
1: yeah see that might be swaying me like i was already leaning towards keeping knives but if that's the case, like, there are no non-culinary spoon uses. There are lots of non-culinary knife uses. Um, egg races. Okay, there's one non-culinary spoon <laughs> use. Literally one.
2: Carving a pumpkin, you need both a knife and a spoon.
1: You know what? I can just give up
0: carving pumpkins. I'll be okay with that. <laughs> I haven't carved a pumpkin in like fifteen yeah. years.
1: <laughs> All right. I I think I'm leaning pretty heavily towards losing the spoons personally. Does anyone have a strong counter argument? Well, I mean,
2: I think both of your main reasons for that are because you cook. I don't really cook that much. So I'm looking at it purely from like a food, like eating food perspective.
1: How much do you like soup, though? Because that's really the question you have to ask. yourself. I mean, I
2: I could give up soup, I think. I like soup. Cereal,
0: though? Do you eat cereal? Cereal, too. But I don't really eat cereal that much anymore. I used to like cereal a lot. Actually, you could definitely do cereal. Cereal, I think you could get away with a fork, because I just drink the milk out of the bowl afterwards anyway, so you could get away with that.
2: I mean, it is better, like, having them together, the milk and the
1: cereal. Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you could also do, you could do, like, ramen, you know, use chopsticks for the noodles and drink the soup like from the bowl afterwards.
2: Yeah, that is the thing. You can, you can just drink from the bowl. You
1: wouldn't want to do that with, like, a beef stew or something. That'd be a little bit weird, but technically you could.
2: Yeah, I guess I agree with you then. I'll give up the spoon because you can still do things without the spoon. Like I think there are things that you can't still do without a knife. If you don't have a knife.
1: Right. Or there are at least the extra complication is much higher than without having a spoon
0: for the spoon things. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've all convinced each other that there's probably one spoon argument that we're missing. Like, uh, you got to use spoons for this. That it's just like, Oh snap. That changes the conversation again. But from what we've thought about right now, it's, I agree. All right. I'm voting for Nye. Uh, get rid of no spoons. No spoons. Spoon, spoon's
1: gone. Get out <laughs> Get spoons. rid of
0: no spoons.
1: <laughs> Live by the spoon, die by the spoon. There is no spoon.
0: <sighs> yeah, we we had to make the joke. There is no spoon, but there is, in the Matrix, this thing called Patreon. You can go to www.patreon.com slash absurd hypotheticals, and you can put your money in there. And what that does is it makes the money come to us. And with that money, we make more show, which means... You have more show to put more money in, to bring it to us, to make more show, to put more money in.
2: Or we buy spoons and knives so
1: we don't have to worry about it. You don't have to choose anymore.
0: Yes. It's a cycle. So really, ultimately, your money comes back to you, in theory. So (laughs) it's like free money. So you might as well (laughs) jump into our Patreon and then, you know, you'll you'll see those returns come someday.
1: I want to make it very clear. We are not a pyramid scheme. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i just want to put that out there for any <laughs> lawyers listening we are not a pyramid scheme we are making no claims whatever marcus may be saying right now
0: but yes patreon is a way to support the show with your hard-earned dollars uh, we appreciate your support you also get access to our monthly behind the scenes content um our bonus content it's no longer quite exactly behind the scenes it's just stuff but it's all good it's all there yeah
1: if you like to hear us be somehow less focused than this please become a patron and
0: listen to those episodes And then other things you can do, send us questions. We are very clearly running out of would you rather questions, so those would be awesome to get from listeners. Uh, Also, just main episode topic questions. If you have a cool idea for a hypothetical, we'd love to hear it, and we'd love to do it as an episode. So send it our way. Best is probably via email to um, absurdhypotheticals at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show a non-monetary way, leave us a review. It's a great way to help build the show via all algorithms and stats and things and I know when I check out a new podcast I check the reviews and hope there's many of them that are very good and then I'm like well if other people like it I'll have to like it it's got to be good. Also just tell people about us. That's a good yeah, one too. Yeah, that's actually a really big one. It's a pretty big one. If you use one of the fun facts you learned on this show like at a party to impress your friends and they immediately counter it as they should with why the heck do you even know that? Blame it on us. Be like, oh, yeah, sorry, I listened to Silly Podcasts. It's actually pretty good. It's called Absurd Hypotheticals. They do, like, weird science-y things and hypotheticals, and you should check it out. And then they'll also know a bunch of weird facts, and then you guys can have weird fact competitions. Except you'll have the same facts. You're both listening to our show, so it's going to be pretty even. And pretty weird. And you might need the Wheel of Final Determination to establish a clear winner. (laughs) Not the Wheel of Fortune.
1: Not the Wheel of Fortune. Also, for any lawyers listening, legally distinct.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. But in any case... For you lawyers listening to everybody else, you can listen to more of our legally questionable antics next week, where we answer the following question. Not only are we answering a cool question, we're one-upping this episode, because it's not just a robot fight, it's a giant robot fight.